So now I'm re recording. Okay, so um, recording. Yeah, we're live. <laughs> um, we're just I doing audio. We're here with Lance Wisen, Coach Wisen, Mr. Wisen. Um, um, I I knew him for most of my life as um, the Almoral coach slash my parents, one of their best friends. Um, but now um, I'm lucky to consider him one of my good friends too. So, um, but um, he's going to be giving us a little background on. Um, Albemarle cross country and his involvement in it and more specifically um, the two biggest culture things in Albemarle cross country I think still to this day are camp at Graves and Panorama Farms but before we get into that let's can we get a little background maybe uh, sure. involvement in the sport like what you did before Albemarle and then when you started coaching Albemarle okay yeah well I'm old we'll start <laughs> there and uh, um, I actually went to Blacksburg High School Okay. And uh, ran track there uh, through my high school career. Did not run cross country. I was scared of cross country. So I played football instead. I didn't realize uh, that. Okay. Yeah. And that's the truth because the guys on the cross country team always felt were much more intimidating than the guys on a football team. Uh, and that idea of running distance, even though I, you know, punish, you know, the punishment in football was running. And that was always my favorite part of football. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I still didn't figure out I should be on the cross country. <laughs> So, so anyway, I went to Blacks. I ran under Dave Davis, who uh, I think is still out there. Uh, and, and he's still I, around for sure. Still around. I was his, he, it was his first year of coaching uh, and he was at Blacksburg then. And so. Um, hey, let me interject. If a lot of you guys probably know Dave Davis by the dude that hosts is in charge of this state me cross country and state me track. Um, but I consider him maybe the greatest coach in Virginia history. You might have to argue against that. I don't know or agree with that. But in terms of well, there are how many schools he's turned around and built. Well, he, he has won a state championship at every school. He's, and he, he went from Blacksburg to uh, it was a school down in southwest Virginia. I think it was Virginia High School won a state championship. Went to Woodbridge, won a state championship. Uh, Almost won at one at Forest Park. I think he won one at Mountain View. He I don't won one at Mountain View. And yeah, you know, so I mean, I don't think anybody's built up, pro, you know, has gone to as many schools and built programs as yeah. Dave Davis has, and and he loves building the programs and then moving on. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, he was a mess when he first got out, you know, and and you know, just he had no clue how to coach <laughs> distance because he's a quarter miler. Oh, interesting. Uh, in okay. college and ran at JMU and. Uh, but anyway, so I, I, I ran at Blacksburg High School, and then I went to Virginia Tech and did not run until my senior, my very first cross-country meet was my senior year in college. It's the first cross-country meet I'd ever seen in my life was when I uh, ran at Tech. So really? I, walked, I walked on at Tech, and my first experience at Tech, and this will actually tie back in, uh, my very first experience at Tech was going to their cross-country camp, which was down at a Boy Scout facility um in which county was that uh wasn't in montgomery but it was further south uh you know we were way pulaski county okay and um and you know i, I barely survived i went from 35 miles a week to 112 and 112 <laughs> who was coaching there then todd scully oh my god and uh and we finished with a 10 mile time trial uh, and, um, a 10 mile time drop. <laughs> yeah, dropped drop from a 60. I, I ran the Virginia 10 miler the year before on my own, which is hilly, right? Which is hilly. And I went 65 minutes. And then at the end of my 112 mile week, uh, at tech, we did the 10 mile and it was 54, 55 or something like that. No way. But, yeah. Way. And, and I actually made the top 15, which was traveling squad, which 
uh, and, and then it promptly my body just started falling apart. <laughs> I did another 100 mile week after that. Uh, but anyway, it, it, it was a great, but the camp experience itself was really amazing. And so, uh, you know, I did a year, you know, I ran basically cross country, uh, ran some indoor, and then I actually had a student teach in the spring, so I couldn't run spring track. And that was sort of the end of my, my running career. So went to grad school at Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Okay. Uh, for two years and did some road racing and things like that and, and was running pretty well and then came back to UVA to work on my PhD in American history um, and uh, that's where I met your parents when I was in grad school and I, I was one of their I would just sit at the store for hours and, and chat with them because they had so few customers they needed they needed company um, and then <laughs> after the year at I didn't finish the PhD. I decided I really wanted to teach and coach. And so, um, you know, I applied in the county and got hired at Albemarle and started coaching then in 1983. Okay. Got there literally right at the start of the season with Dan Monahan, who was a guidance counselor, was the guys coach, and Jane Ward uh, was the girls coach. And I volunteered as well. I was a paid assistant. Uh, but we didn't do camp that year because – I would just had showed up and over the course of that next year, I kept thinking, wow, you know, this cross country team needs to go to camp. And I had grown up basically at Graves Mountain Lodge. I, even though I was in Blacksburg, my parents knew Jimmy and Rachel Graves from the time Jimmy was at tech. And so, oh, really? and I'd worked in at Graves okay. my eighth, the summer after my eighth grade year, ninth, 10th and 11th. So I'd spent four summers there. Uh, living in the Peon Palace, which was right behind the Peach Lodge. Yeah, that's where Buzz used to stay. Yeah, and uh, Peon, you know, we actually put the plumbing in there. So for most of the time I was there, you had to go actually to the bathhouse over by Riverside, mm -hmm. uh, you know, to shower. But anyway, so I, I had a long history with that, with um, Graves. Uh, so when I started thinking about camps, I said, oh, you know, Graves Mountain Lodge would be perfect. Um, and because I, you know, ran when I was there in the summers, I would go running. Uh, so that was the idea. And, and, uh, that first year was really small. I think there were like maybe 10, 12 kids. I mean, the teams were small, yeah, other than Woodbridge, uh, you know, very few high school teams had more than like 15 guys or 15 girls. Um, and so it was pretty easy. We stayed at, we stayed in the Peon Palace, all of us. Oh, really? And it was a full week. I think the first maybe four years or five years, it was a full week. And it killed us. I mean, it was just too much. It was, it was fun. So was it three coaches there and guys and girls? Uh, the first year, it was Dan Monahan and I. Okay. And then the next year, I think Jane came and she was there. So yeah, usually it's like three coaches and it grew. I mean, after that first year, then we had probably like 20 kids the next year and we branched out, went to Peach. I think everybody was able to fit in Peach. And, uh, you know, gradually over time began to, you know, spread out. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, and, you know, the intention was, and we were there a full week. So we have like an entire Olympic games series going, divide the kids into teams and we'd have all these different events over the course of the week. And of course it gave you time to do a lot of the hikes and, um, and things. And so it was great. Um, yeah. And it's just a great bonding experience. And, uh, right away the, the, the kids liked it. Uh, and then, you know, it just, it stuck. It's just one of those things that we always, you know, the kids always wanted to go back. And I think even more once technology entered the picture, I think when 
to cell phones started coming mm-hmm. in and, and computers, I think people not really realizing, like disconnecting from technology, you know, and to walk out and see people sitting on the, you know, in front of the Peach Lodge playing the guitar and singing or all playing basketball or playing in the, you know, in the water hole or the water holes, which you have the other one, uh, you know, or going to the pool and just hanging out at the pool. I think people really like that. And so, um, yeah, it was a great way to start the year, you know, and we use it, you know, same way you all use it, to, uh, you know, set team goals and, you know, bring in, you know, your, your parents, uh, you know, were my first guests, you know, brought to speak, you know, up there. And then yeah, later, what, what year was their first year coming? Oh, I think it was 80. I think they showed up the first year. That's crazy. I'm pretty sure in 84. So my dad's been every year and my mom's been every year since then, basically. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then I do remember the year, the, the first year you came up <laughs> or well, it may not have been your first year. Yeah. I think I came up a couple of times before that. Yeah. This year <laughs> where I lost the entire team on the old rag hike. And yeah, that was the crowd. So, what uh, happened there? They went straight instead of. Yeah. So I was with your parents walking and, and I was there as a sixth grader. Annie. Yeah. And your parents brought Annie. So they had to carry Annie. And so we were really slow and I wanted to walk with your parents because I liked your parents and they didn't know where they're going. And so the guys at this point, the seniors, Joe Murray and Nick Noe and uh, all those guys, you know, they, they had been on this hike, you know, three times before. And I just assumed they'd know where to go. But, you know, I'm following with your parents. So there's one point where Berry Hollow Road, because we went up on the short side, which I don't know. Yeah, yeah so we still do. Yeah, and so the guys just kept walking on uh, Berry Hollow, the access road. They didn't go up the actual trail to the top of the to the okay. top of the track. And Hari Mix, of course, he's just a sophomore, and they didn't listen to him. But Hari kept saying, "We're going the wrong way. We're going the wrong way, guys. We're going the wrong way." And they're like, "Shut up! You know what you're talking about." So <laughs> uh, they go the wrong way. But I'm with your parents and the other assistant coach Allison, who was helping us at the time. And and we get to the top, and I'm like, "It's too quiet." it's way too quiet. These guys, you know, they make more noise than, you know, anyway, and uh, get up there and looking around and there's nobody. And we'd actually used walkie talkies that year. It was the first time we tried to use walkie talkies and I get on a walkie talkie and I'm trying to get a hold of them. And it was like really bad cell reception. I was getting every 15th word and couldn't communicate. And then at that point, my assistant coach says, Hey, you know, I, I actually have to get back. My husband's coming to pick me up because we have a, function at Darden or whatever. And so I said, well, I don't want to leave, let her go down by herself. I don't want to get her lost. So I left you, your mom and dad and your sister at the top. And then I ran down with Allison and, and got down to the parking lot and had the walkie, kept trying to connect, couldn't connect. And then was running back up and I'm about three quarters of the way up and your dad comes through. And all I hear is Adrian, blood help and i'm like oh so i'm a yeah, i was an idiot up. i was <laughs> and so i'm hauling butt up and then here come your parents so i was about 90 percent of the way up and so anyway i guess your parents i don't know had called the or had contacted connect with the force department i don't know what it was but it was me and meanwhile i'm trying to get in contact with the kids and finally i go back down i ran back down and I meet Hari and then this Claire Whiteneck and this and her sister Ellie were had walked back. Everybody else just stayed where they were, which at the other parking lot. 
so anyway, it was, it was mayhem. And, and uh, eventually, eventually we had to drive around and then go pick the guys up. The, Which was a pretty far drive, right? Yeah, I ended up running. Uh, I, I, did, I went up three times. That's insane. Three, three times. I've run up once, but because um, I was way behind the kids and trying to catch up, but I can't imagine running up three times. I, just, I was standing in the middle of the woods all by myself going, oh, my God. <laughs> That's got, I, I can't imagine what that is. I lost every single kid. Not, yeah. And I think our third or fourth year up there, we, I lost some kids on the way down. They went down the trail to, and ended up at the other weekly hollow, I guess, is the other yeah. parking lot. And I ended up at the other one. Uh, and they hitchhiked back on a dump truck. Really? Yes. There are like eight of them. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, that's, yeah, that, that's been part of the tradition. But anyway, so that was yeah, to, to fill in. I fell in a rock crevice because um, I think I remember trying to get up high to see them, which made no sense whatsoever. I was, I don't know, like 11 at the time, but um, I definitely, I think I blacked out for, or at least don't remember for a while, but um, that's why there was blood. Was I and you were bleeding, crazy. yes, yes. It was, it was, you know, and I think the, the forest department, I forget, I, I don't remember the details now, but at some point, some person from the forest department I, I was in contact with either face-to-face -face or on the phone, and they were not happy because they, I guess, sent people out or something. I don't know. But it was, you know, it's kind of chaos. I mean, that's just camp. You know, you got to roll with it. Uh, and so, yeah, that was, you know, that was in the early days of the camp. And then it, it just it kept going and growing uh, and actually grew a lot more once I left, which should tell you something. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, where you took over the whole camp. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, and I, it's sad to think that there won't be a camp this year. I mean, that's, that was a long yeah. run. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of crazy to wrap your head around. Um, yeah. When, and you also did um, your banquet up there too, right? Or did yeah. I make that up? Um, yeah, we, I mean, for a couple of years, we did it at the cafeteria because we felt like that was kind of expected. And then I asked, I guess, I don't know if Brenda Langdon was the AD or Deb Tyson had just come in, but I just said, is it okay if we do it up at Grays Mountain Lodge? Because I thought it'd be nice full circle to say we start the yeah. season there, then to end the season there and to make it a little bit nicer environment. Uh, so yeah, we, we had banquets up there for years and I got to the point where I was tired of driving up there. I was like, really? And and several times I tried to tried to shift it back to Charlottesville and the and the kids were like, no, this is part of our tradition. We want to keep it going. Uh, but but I think basically right after I left, we just outgrew it. Yeah. You know, even the picnic shelter, because that's where we shifted down to that lower picnic shelter and we filled that. And yeah. uh, you know, and it's, it just got too big. Um so yeah. Huh. That's cool. Yeah. Um I guess I always say Graves hasn't changed since 1980. Is that actually true? Um, I, that's based yeah, on just that, how I feel because it looks like it hasn't changed since. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, um, no, I would say it's the same. Um, Which the, is part the, of the appeal, as you said. Yeah, well, the rec hall, I guess the rec hall over the packing shed, that, that was, they didn't have any, like, you know, siding up. It, it was just sort of raw, but okay. it was fine. Um, but no, I mean, it really has not changed. I think to the point where kind of hurt, think their hotels and stuff need updating, <laughs> you know, but from the camp itself, no, that's, that's pretty much the way it's been. They took out a couple of cabins that had kind of, you know, collapsed. Um, but I'm trying to think, but that's, that's about it. Um, yeah. I mean, the hikes are the same. I mean, White Oak Canyon, 
uh, you know, rag, I mean, all that stuff, pretty much the activities you might do. Although I think you all, we used to run the road called Hoover Camp. Yeah, I was about to ask. So I got rid of that, which um, was my, one of my first things as a coach. How would you pull that off? Can you explain that run? We had fewer kids. Okay. And we would shuttle the healthy kids up. We wouldn't <laughs> the first year. That was uh, like 1999. I guess Hari, Hari was, yeah, so the older guys, I guess James Atchison was still there. I can't remember. It was like 1998, 1999. Uh, I said, okay, guys, we're going to, we used to run on pavement. There's a loop that was like 16 miles. Oh, really? But the pavement was just beating them up. And there's part of it was actually on a road that had some pretty fast traffic. So I said, I want to get them off the road. So I'd always looked at Hoover Camp, but the first part was kind of rough. Uh, and it's a pretty steep climb. And so I said, oh, boy. But I said, okay, let's do it. I'll drop you guys at the bottom. You'll run up. I said, it's kind of like, <laughs> I know this because Hari quoted me several times afterwards, and he was pretty angry, uh, where I said, oh, it's kind of like to start a ridge road from Albemarle's End, you know, <laughs> where that first, you know, I said, it's about that. <laughs> well, it's not. You know, it's about... <laughs> It's about five times longer than that. It's six miles almost, right? It's like well, five to six. The climb part, the really steep part, was probably like a mile and a half. <laughs> so anyway, so, you know, I dropped the top guys at the bottom, and I drove the other kids up about to where Hoover Camp is. I don't know if you ever got up to Hoover Camp. Mm -mm. So because once you get close to Hoover Camp, and that's where President Herbert Hoover when he was president, set up a, a little compound there where he would go fishing. That was his kind of camp. And so and when you get to that point, there's actually a gate. Oh, that's where I went with Buzz. I would park there with yeah, Buzz. And then, and yeah, that's where Buzz tried to go off-roading and got caught and stuck between two trees. But anyway, so <laughs> anyway, it's, but it's, it's a beautiful, you know, once you, because the footing can get rough in the earlier parts because okay. there's a lot of erosion and stuff but once you get up to um hoover camp you know the footing was really great and you go all the way up to the parkway uh called you, so they would start before that oh yeah they started before no i'm saying yeah that was i mean when i dropped those you know, when i dropped my top seven oh they were so pissed that <laughs> is awesome. like, that's a tough run from the gate like that's a, i've done that run once or twice. Yeah. That's a tough run from the gate. Yeah, I love, but I love it up there. And uh, but anyway, yeah, those guys. That was that was. Uh, they were not happy with me. I did. I you know I'd driven it. You know, it's always a danger in driving something. You know, it, it kind of flattens it. Mm -hmm. you know, that sense of the terrain. So yeah, Hari, Hari will bring that up periodically. That yes. So did, did they run back down, or did you meet them at the top? Uh, I met them at Hoover Camp. Okay. So they sort of went up and then they came back down to Hoover Camp. And I forget how long the run was. It was pretty long. Yeah, that was uh, it. Was but, uh, but it was fun. Yeah, it was fun, <laughs> it was fun for me. Um, yeah, I, I got rid of it my first year coaching because the team was so big. And I didn't yeah, have – can't. There's no parking. And the, the team was so young, too, that, like, we didn't have guys that were quite – like, I don't know, most of the guys weren't at a level where they seemed like they were ready to run six miles up a mountain. And I was like really nervous about the whole thing. So I'm like, I don't really buzz his last year, let them run up and then drove around and met them on the parkway. So he drove like an hour to meet them on the parkway. So at like, least an hour. Yeah. So I, mean, hall. I didn't want to do that. Um, but I love, I loved coming down because, you know, for a while I could run it. So I loved coming down because they, they have it graded, 
you know, and they had the switchbacks. Mm-hmm. So it's never too steep, and you can just roll coming down. Yeah, it's fun. You know, as long as you maintain form, you know, you don't tear yourself up. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just this. Just it's definitely one of my favorite runs. I, I always tell the story. I guess it's my second, third year coaching with Buzz's last year. Um, so maybe that my second year, but um, I um, spent all summer training in my mind to try to run up with Zach Gentry, who was going to be one of the best runners in the state. And like, that was my state meet was that Hoover run exactly. with Zach Gentry. And then the team was so big the night before Buzz is playing the run. And he goes, you'll go to the church, which is not the Hoover run, which is at the bottom. Like, right. Of, and he's like, he's like, the one we do now, he's like, you'll go to the church and run with the lower guys, the slower guys. And I'm like, okay. And I like, <laughs> don't have the heart to tell him that my whole summer had been based around being able to do this run with Zach Gentry. <laughs> well, the church run, how much of that is paved? It's all gravel now, except for like a quarter mile. Okay. So, all right. Yeah. Um, that so that's what we do now. We do a progression out there. But okay. Um, yeah, we, we have lost out. And maybe some year I'll bring it back because I do love a good mountain run for sure. But I do think starting at Hoover Camp is the right call. Although there's some beautiful stretches, you know, before you get there. But then you just get to these parts that are just big chunky gravel and it's yeah. just not fun to run on so yeah <laughs> better for you yeah, yeah. The, the buzz story is like he had this van i guess or a truck i don't know what it was a truck maybe truck. and it was a gate that you can't get around and somehow he decided he was going to drive up there to see the guys and like completely wrecked his car to get up there um, stuck between completely illegal i mean it was one of those things i'm just like why why the guys are fine, you know, but they said, but, they, they, said they only saw him for like five seconds too. He's like, Hey, and like, yeah, <laughs> no idea. The sacrifice he made to get there. <laughs> anyway, um, but, you know, there's, there's just, there are a lot of places around it. Although it is kind of interesting because a lot of what we ended up running on was pavement. We did do Rose river run and we do bear rock. And that was the other thing. We used to finish the week with a four mile, you know, run up, run from the entrance of the lodge up to the rock. And I think it still has a bear painted on it. On yeah, we do that run too. Yeah. yeah, you know, and do that up and back, which is right at four miles. And that was sort of our time trial for the season. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, we do, we only do two runs at camp now because we're only there. Thursday, we run in the morning at Panorama because we get there Thursday afternoon. Friday, we run. Saturday, we run. And Sunday, we hike and take the day off. So the first run on Friday, we just run up three miles or so up from um, like past that bear rock. And then um, when then we do the one by the church, but yeah. you don't do uh, um, um, white Oak Canyon hike. We hike that. Yeah. But not old rag. You didn't do old rag this year. We don't, we didn't, we did both this year. No, we okay. didn't do old rag. Maybe. I don't know. One year. I know you chose not to do old rag. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. But that's, it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot, you know, and I used to, even when you're walking, that's a lot of mileage, you know, yeah. and, it, and, the, and it's the downhill that uh, used to get people hurt. That's why I said we gradually went from a full week to five days to yeah. four days, basically. Uh, it's the in-between too, the, um, that the like playing games on repeat for all your rest time or all the time in between that, like, they like some of the guys do like 50,000 steps in a day there or something ridiculous. <laughs> Oh, beach volleyball. I mean, that was, you know, the, the, you know, playing in the sand volleyball, you know, we had a couple groups that they would do that. I'm like, their legs are so shot from doing that. You couldn't do anything else. Yeah. So, so anyway, but yeah, so that's kind of Gray's Mountain Lodge. I love it. I didn't realize that your parents knew them from 
Blacksburg from Tech. Well, Jimmy Grace brought us up uh, in like 1965 to show us where the lodge was going to be built and told us the grand plan. Oh, really? So we, we actually stayed in their old farmhouse because Graves, uh, if you, I don't know if y'all go to buy the farmhouse at all, but um, it's the way, if you drive down, if you're going up Rose River on the uphill side and it's, you know, the farmhouse is off to the right along with the, you know, the cattle, uh, the cattle barn, the, the horse barns. Okay. And all that. But anyway, and that was, you know, the last stop. I think they moved there in the early 1800s and they created an inn that was the last stop before the settlers would go over the mountain, go up Rose River. Uh, to, that was a, a crossing, a crossover point. And they sort of just continued this tradition of sort of being an end. And when Jimmy, Jimmy's uh, dad, Mr. Jack, was a good old boy farmer, but got into the Peace Corps and met all these different people from around the world. And then Jimmy's mom uh, was a painter. She painted a lot of wildlife, particularly flowers and uh, and they would entertain these international guests that they had this really big porch where they could seat, I don't know, like 20 or 30 people and they cooked these meals and then they had a sleeping in the front of the house, they had a sleeping porch and people would sleep there. And Jimmy went to tech and he had this vision of, you know, he, he's likes farming all right, but he wanted more than that. So he had a vision of creating this, this lodge and then these hotels where, you know, he could get vacationers from DC and Richmond. Uh, and so he sort of showed us the layout and everything would be. So then when it opened then I, and my sisters and I got old enough, we started working up there and oh, wow. really, he'd bring in workers, he'd bring in college students, high school students from all over the yeah. country. Uh, and it was just really cool. That's awesome. Huh? I had no idea. I know like UVA has done camps there too, right? Over the years. And oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, UVA basketball camp was there. Terry Holland used to have a camp out there. Um, and yeah, they have all the courts and everything. Yeah, well, all yeah. the courts they had the courts they have now. I remember seeing Ralph Sampson. I was working the little camp store, which is right. It's it's actually attached to the packing shed, and the door was so. I mean, Ralph Sampson was like having to get on his knees. <laughs> to look in. Uh, but yeah, I remember. You know, they had Wally Walker up there, and and um, uh, oh, what's his face? Barry Parkhill came. To, I mean, all the UVA players would come through. It was it was a big deal, and they had a lot of basketball camps, and then. They added some lacrosse camps and soccer camps. And I mean, that sort of helped sustain them as their sort of hotel business that sort of tapered off, you yeah. know, years. anyway. Cool. Wow. I learned a lot there. That was awesome. Um, so the next, next one thing we're talking about um, is Panorama Farm. So um, this is a cool story how this came about. Um, a lot of you guys just kind of take, or all of you guys, I think kind of just take Panorama Farms for granted. Um, and don't realize, first of all, how lucky we are to have that and how it just kind of happened by chance too, right? Um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, that that story, it's really, one is using, you know, Panorama as a training facility and then there's Panorama as a meat venue, mm -hmm. right? And so when I started at Albemarle, I was running through the list of places that we would go run and realized that when I started in 1983, there are, you know, there are like 15 kids on the team you know, two coaches you know, three coaches and, and a kid that could drive. And we were, we were, we could drive about anywhere we wanted. And we got out of school at three fifteen. And there's no traffic probably in town. And, right? and traffic was less. So we were running at Penn park, which is now Meadow Creek. Uh, we run Ridge, we'd run Millington. We'd run over at PVCC. We'd run Ragged Mountain Reservoir. We would run at Bel Air. We run Farmington. We run Sugar Hollow. So you were not at the school at all. 
well, occasionally. I mean, if we did sort of interval, well, depends. We did more of interval work like PVCC, places where there's grass. Yeah. But, Can you explain um, real quickly what PVCC was at the well, time? Well, that was before Monticello High School was built. Yeah. And that was actually, yeah, Piedmont was, they called it the Piedmont course. All, all the area where Monticello High School was just sort of fields. And that's where you would, there's a field right adjacent to a PVCC where they have their ball fields. We'd start there and almost immediately would, would you know, leave the PVCC, you know, grounds and go on to this undeveloped land that was owned by Charlie Hurt. Uh, oh, really? Huh. Yeah. And so anyway, and, you know, it was you know, a 5k course and it's where UVA did a lot of their training and it was the site of really some of the biggest cross country meets on the East coast. So the last year that I, no, that may be too. So like 1990, 1991, I think uh, it was sort of its high point and their featured race UVA invitational. I remember this guy named Quintano came from California to run. And a couple schools came down from North Carolina. And I mean, it was a big deal. Uh, and, um, you know, and, and it was big, but I'd heard talking to people that, you know, Charlie Hurt, the developer owned the property where Monticello High School was, and he was very generous in letting us use it. Mm -hmm. But there's no guarantee we're going to get to use it in the future. So that's when I went to your dad. And real quick, it is the state meet course too. And it's a state meet. Oh, yeah. Was, I mean, it was, it was, it was everything. Huge. And, um, and every division ran there. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of like Great Meadows was before, before that you had six divisions. Yeah. Um, but then I started talking to your dad and saying, you know, we got to look ahead and figure out where we're going to run when, when this course goes away. And that's when your dad was like, well, you know, they're, they're planning this thing called Darden Tau. And so he and I got together with Pat Mullaney at PVC, you know, in Parks and Recs, and we started planning running trails around Darden Tau so we could then mm -hmm. shift which we did because pretty quickly PVC you know the the property adjacent to PVCC was slated for Monticello High School to be built and we, we lost access so then we shifted to Darden Tau where we held we never had the cup at, at PVCC we had the cup at Penn Park before they redid it to put in the extra you know nine holes of oh, interesting okay and so yeah we ran there that was a beautiful little course um, but then, you know, that went away. So we shifted over to Darden Tau and that's where we had, uh, you know, the cup and, and the invitational. I remember the invitational the invitational was there. And then we also hosted, uh, districts and regionals. So wow. it was very, very, very popular, but we had a lot of problem with the soccer players and the soccer leagues and they're, they're not respecting when we had the course reserved. And they also started paving parts of it, trying, trying to help us, but not realizing we didn't actually want pavement for part of our course. <laughs> And so that was right around the late 1990s. And that's when I met Steve Murray. Uh, I guess that was 1998. Uh, and at that point, too, so we had sort of lost Penn Park. UVA got us kicked off of Farmington. They paved Sugar Hollow because there are two 500-year floods. And, and there used to be a beautiful gravel road. Sugar Hollow is gravel? It was gravel. Oh, because oh, that's my favorite place to run. It, it, it was the most perfect place to run in the world. So they paved that. Oh. Uh, then, uh, you know, we, we, you know, so our, I was lamenting at the pain meeting to the parents that, you know, we just lost a lot of places to run. We'd lost habitat. And I saw this guy give me this, this sort of funny smile and sort of gave me the thumbs up nod. 
I had no idea who he was or what he was. And it, it sounds like Murray. Steve. <laughs> and so Steve Murray and, and afterwards just said, Steve says, I'm going to take care of you. Don't worry about it. We got this. And I was like, and, and I'd already heard about Panorama because Brad Murray, who's Joe's, Joe Murray, who's Steve's son. So Brad is Joe's cousin. Yeah, he was my lacrosse coach when I was in middle school. Right, and he ran cross country at Albemarle. I didn't realize that, okay. And anyway, Brad had gotten Jim Dillenbeck, who was the cross country coach then for the boys. They got permission to go run at, at, at Panorama. And so they had done a little running there, but you know, nothing formal was built. So Steve says, I'm gonna help you out. We've got, and he, and he drives me over and he says, look, says, these fences mean nothing. We have no more livestock. Because he just got rid of the cows recently, too, yeah, right? He said, he said, these fences mean nothing. If, you know, wherever you see. And, and I said, well, I don't even know where to start, Steve. And so he just, he mowed uh, a six-foot wide path basically around every field in that property. <laughs> and I was going, wow. well, the, no, that's not true. The first time we went, there was a trail through the woods by the compost. Okay. I said, well, Steve, this is really nice, but I can't really train here. It's a little too rough. It's you know, it's one person wide. Uh, it's, it's nice and I appreciate it and we'll come run, but it's not really what I need for training training. And I said, and I said, I'm looking at your fields. And that's when he said, okay. And so he Moses and he mowed around the backside of the farm. I mean, he probably mowed 10 miles of trail. And, uh, then he said, and we want meats here. Right. And I said, Oh yeah. Cause he'd helped me set up because by that point he'd helped me set up the HS invitational. He's like, mother, mother of God. He's like, how many flags did you put down? I said, I don't know. I, tell, I, can't imagine. I mean, I had had to create the chute in the middle of the field. I had, you know, it, st it started, ended at the soccer field up top. Is that right? Top soccer field. Yeah. Yeah. Now we ran dual meets. We just go between the power lines, yeah. you know, which is a little shorter, but much easier to set up. So anyway, uh, Steve's like, you know, we can do better than this. And that's when he says, so he showed me all the property and particularly the backside, which is called the Big Easy. Yep. And it's gorgeous. I mean, the view, if you ever haven't been back there, I mean, it's- Yeah, the guys, still, they still run there every day. Yeah. yeah. And I said, well, I like, I love the Big Easy. It's gorgeous, but you're kind of like sitting at the top and you can't really follow the kids as well. And I, and I didn't think the parking would work and I just didn't see logistically. I kept saying, unfortunately, Steve, and I know you're going to say no, because no one wants this by their house and your grandparents aren't going to want it. But the championship course is right beside your house. So those fields would be perfect. And, um, and he said, that's no problem. I said, well, Steve, you don't understand, man. These meats are big and their people are going to be everywhere. He's like, that's not a problem. I said, well, okay. So that's when we went out and we sort of wheeled out pretty much what we have. Okay. Although the finish line was the hard part because at first, he just brought the finish straight back up the start hill. Yeah. <laughs> you talk about people dying. I mean, <laughs> you don't think it's that steep till you've run, you know, 95% of your race and you got to climb that, that incline. And I said, and that's why I saw the field to the side. And I said, well, can we do something over there? And he says, yeah. And then he had it. So we, you sort of came on that field. And then instead of just finishing where we do, you actually loop around behind, behind where the uh, cabin is. Okay. The storage shed is. There's a big loop there and then loop back in. I'm like, Steve, that's not going to work. I said, we need, I said, really, can't we just bring it straight in here? He said, well, that means there'd have to be a permanent chute. And I said, well, that doesn't mean, I mean, we can put one up, but that's not Steve. So Steve ended up saying, okay, we put it where it was. And uh, at one point we had to shift it back a little bit because we shifted to start a little bit, but pretty much that's been the way the course has been.
Wow. Wow. And so you started having the Invitational out there almost right away, right? Right away. Yeah, that was uh, 19, maybe 2000. I think yeah, maybe. Like 9 or 2000, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, yeah. and then the Cup didn't go out there for like three or four years, I feel like, right? It was like 2005. I, I think, think it was two years. Well, no, it would have been longer because Kelly Watt was a senior. Yeah, because I ran so, at yeah. Dartentow twice, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I guess they considered Dartentow to be more neutral. And it was. I mean, it's a more neutral site, but it was not nearly as good. No. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so, yeah, and we, and we hosted regionals right until I left. I mean, because right after I left, which was 2009, 2008 is when they then started with the with the six divisions, I think, yeah. and we had the different districts and regions and stuff. Yeah, it all. We get it every couple of years now, but um, yeah. this is when it's our turn. But yeah, I think it was up until 2012 was the last year of the three AAA, and the Northwest region was there every year, like without yeah. fail. Because yeah. Dave Davis, back, bringing back Dave Davis, he was in charge of the region and he loved it. Um, so he was in charge of the regional cross country meet. No, but he like made all the decisions for our region, oh. at least when I was there, um, like everything. He tried. No, he did not tell me how to run the meet. I ran it my way. I just remember he was trying to get people disqualified for having the Livestrong bracelets. And I'm like, you can do that at the state. And he's like, well, you're going to do it at the state meet. I said, well, then they won't. And then they'll, you know, tell them at the state meet. But I'm not going to DQ somebody for living a Livestrong, wearing a Livestrong bracelet. It's the stupidest thing. Everyone, everyone was wearing it back then, right? <laughs> who's, who's gaining an advantage, Dave? But anyway, so. No, well, that's Dave, awesome. He did not run my meets. Um, <laughs> But anyway, yeah, so that's sort of the story. I love it. Yeah, so a couple things. Um, okay. A lot, I mean, no, just rehashing. It took a lot of work. It sounded like a lot oh. of trial and error. And it sounds like Steve was, Mr. Murray was so flexible. I, I, I mean, I guess that makes sense, but. Um, just, well, what he doesn't remember was he didn't want UVA there. That's, that was my next topic. Yeah, he, it was he, UVA. He doesn't, and he may, he may deny it, but he was not happy. But I kept telling him, I said, you know, you're great now. Your son's running here. I said, when your son leaves, when Joe leaves, you're not going to have a lot of incentives. This is a lot of work. And we were generating some money. Yeah. And I knew we weren't generating nearly enough money for the way Steve wanted to maintain that course. Yeah. And I kept telling him, I was like, you know, UVA, you know, they're going to love you. And, and you know, this will be such a great facility for them, too. And I got Buzz out there. Was uh, Buzz the coach then? Buzz was, but then – Jason after that left and then then I had to get Jason back out. so I got sort of but because Buzz ended up I tried to get him to come to Panorama he he ran the ACC meet at Darden Town I remember that yeah and I was like oh god buddy, come on and so got Buzz out there and then Buzz left and then I got Jason out there and it still took me a little while to convince Jason but once Jason was on board you know then that was great because then you know their their meets generate a lot more revenue yeah. for Steve than does our meets. Yeah, and like um, there is a, you do have to pay, we have to pay to use the course all fall. Right. And we and always think, have. And I think UVA pays a lot more than we do, which makes sense, so. And um, they use it less. And they use it less. Um, so the big thing now with Panorama, um, I don't know details with it, but I know um, Coach Lanana Vin uh, has taken over the program and he's basically the king of track and field and cross country in the United States and I think, um, Panorama. Yeah, Panorama is far from being done, that's for sure. The regional meet has been there. I think there's hopes that they can try to get the national meet out there. So, well, then that's really the cool thing about Steve was his vision. You know, that it wasn't just about having a 
good cross country course there. It's about having the best cross country yep. course. And he and his he has ambition and he has drive in the same way athletes do. And he wants that national meet on his course. And that would be a huge accomplishment for him. And it, and it is, I mean, that's rightfully, I mean, to have that be the course that, you know, the top, you know, cross country meet in the, in the nation uh, being held there is pretty cool. And, um, you know, and the problem has been, and of course now this is a problem for you and for me, people who like classic cross country and like for it to be challenging and to have hills, I mean, those, those hills that I love, you know, like cardiac uh, and the hill to finish, I don't know what y'all call it, but, yeah. but, you know, heartbreak. we call it heartbreak. heartbreak. <laughs> yeah. uh, there are other words that were used, but, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, to cut those out. Yeah. So the new UVA course now does not have those in it, which I agree with wise in here is the most controversial thing. But they're doing it, A, because I remember the people from my, well, Dave Davis said that to me the first year that I, he came out to, to Panorama, and he says, I hate this course. He says, I love this course, but I hate this course. I hate this course because when we drive up in the bus and we cross the bridge, <laughs> the bus driver spends half the hill trying to find a gear to get up the hill. And <laughs> at that point, my kids are finished. He says, and you look out here, and a, there's a ton of that course that is not hilly. Yeah, and there's you know, some there's good downhills, some really roll. good downhills but he said it's just psychologically and i remember going to the first acc meet out there and watching the the kids from miami of uh, you know of florida coming out and looking and they're just going and literally watching some of them walk up the hills this is an acc championship watching cross-country runners the girls <laughs> women walking up the hills and i'm like oh my god and, and so i think that's part of it is just you know for schools that are in areas where they don't have hills it seems an unfair advantage for the people that are from hilly areas. Yeah. And then the other thing I know that Jason Dunn talked a lot about was just visibility that with the new course. Yeah, you see them. Did you, for, did you go out for regionals this year? Did you see? I no. Yeah, you do see them a lot for sure. Um, but, um, and their big thing too is because they run a 10K there at regionals, which is like now eight days before nationals. So they right. don't want they don't want a hilly 10k because it puts them at a disadvantage for nationals. It's, Times haven't been any faster. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. you know, it's funny because they really. I think, well, they don't. I don't think they realize how rolling and how hilly that first 2k loop is. Like, right. like it is not a flat loop whatsoever, and you're no. moving the whole time rolling. Um, but yeah, I I told Steve and then I told Jason because they were Jason was giving me a hard time. I'm like, I will as as long as I'm head coach here. Steve will be mowing that grass like that um, cardiac loop will anyway, Because he's always talking about how worn the grass gets. Well, if you start eliminating, every time you eliminate part yep. of the area there where people can run, it's just going to put stress on what you got left. Yeah, but tactically, I think that loop makes it one of the most fun courses to coach and more specifically yeah. to race. Um, yeah. Because it just changes the whole. Oh, yeah. Everything. Yeah, and, and you can you know actually get away a little. You can escape as a runner, and there's it's, yeah the tactics of it are very different. Yeah. But anyway, you got you got to go. go. I got to go. But that was so much fun. I learned a lot. I knew I was. That's why I was really excited about this. But. Well, I tell you, if one person other than us watches it, I will be impressed. <laughs> well, if one person other than us watches it all the way through, I will be blown away. Yeah, well, I, I, I can't really tell. So I'm just telling myself people are watching and listening to this stuff. <laughs> but, <laughs> just, yeah, just don't check the number of hits. Yeah, yeah exactly. But okay. and then, yeah. Well, thanks. <laughs>